Welcome to Replenish Hope. I am your host, Denise Castro. Hi, welcome to Replenish Hope. I am your host today, Denise Castro. And today we are going to be continuing talking about our conversation about fear. And today I have a lovely guest and a, and a treat for all of my listeners. I have Justin McRoberts. Thank you so much for saying yes to my humble invitation. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? I, you know, I've been listening Great. to your to your podcast. Okay. I don't even know how I started, how I ended up following you, but I just have to say, Justin, it's been like a perfect timing. And also I really, Mm. I'm learning a lot by listening to your podcast. I'm learning a lot. I know that this year, um, many of us, but in this household, in the Castro household, we've been really thinking we knew there was more, but now we know mm. for sure there's more. So we're continuing okay. to like um, revolve into like, you know, you, you, you hear this a lot this year, this awakening <laughs> of to what's bigger. And um, so your podcast has really been helping me help um, to see that, that, that Christianity and God is bigger than to what I thought it was. So that's cool. I love it. I'm happy to help in that way. Yeah. Thank you. And also, I had a friend who gently encouraged me that she said, you probably have to start listening to more work on your vocabulary more. And I go, okay. And so your podcast makes me feel very smart because <laughs> I That's get fair. it. Awesome. Yeah. Happy to help there too. Yeah. So Justin, tell us a little bit about yourself. I would tell your bio, but in my past experience, I have just butchered other people's bio. So I'll let you do it. <laughs> Uh, so I, um, I'm 46. I'll be 47 in January. Uh, I was born in Oakland, California, and I've been here in the San Francisco Bay area, Oakland side of the San Francisco Bay, the whole of my life. Um, I write books and tell stories and travel and, uh, teach. Um, I coach artists and leaders and ministers. Mm -hmm. Um, my wife and I, her name is Amy, my wife and I have two kids. Uh, Asa is our 10-year-old, Asa Jonathan McRoberts, mm-hmm. and Caitlin is our three-year-old, Caitlin Quinn Rivers McRoberts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've, you know, I've, I've been in the world of art making and what have you and uh, speaking, et cetera, and for like 25 years. So like teaching, like I said, teaching, storytelling, et cetera, writing, podcasting. Podcasting is about five years old. Um, I love it. I, I really enjoy it. I love where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been enough places that the more I come home, the more I, I, I like it here better. Yeah. <laughs> so I plan, on, I plan on staying. That's awesome. So did yeah. you, okay, I can't really, I'm still learning a lot from you still. I'm still trying to know sure. who you are and... Is is Christianity a part of who you are, or what? How? What is like? What is it for you? Yeah, so I follow Jesus. Okay. Um, I um, I'm I'm comfortable with the word Christian for the most part because uh, I I try to be how should I say this? I try to be wise about 
um, the language I use depending on the people I'm talking to. Not I like no one. I'm not going to hide the, my faith practice. Or I'm not going to hide my allegiance to the person of Jesus. But the, the word Christian freaks some people out. The word Christian means things to people that it doesn't need to. So I get. I don't know if I get nervous. I try to be cautious about like how I communicate mm-hmm. uh, my my practice of faith. And more to the point, I think uh, in conversations about faith, what have you, I try to more so ask questions of other people mm-hmm. um, and then like contextualize what I have to say about faith in their story, if that makes some sense. Mm-hmm. So the yes, uh, like I, I, I planted a church here in the San Francisco area uh, 20 two years ago um and i have you know was a leader in that church for most of those 20 years and i still lead in that way just more kind of on a different level i try to lead online so yeah it's a part it's a part of my life it's i guess it's just it's weirder now than it used to be to to use the word christian i would call myself a christian because i know what i mean by that Mm -hmm. but i think a number of other folks too many folks wouldn't hear that the way I want them to. <laughs> and so I get a little bit nervous around the word. Yeah. I know listening to your podcast, it's pretty, um, uh, it's pretty liberating. It makes me more relaxed as I'm doing this podcast. As you know, it's about re- replenishing hope. And I not only invite believers, I also invite non-believers and also people that yeah. believe and think differently than I do. So I did that on purposely and I, I was also a little bit scared because of, of both sides. I want to, I just yeah. want to be a bridge to all bridges. And, um, yeah. so I, I, I listening to your podcast, I can hear that, that a lot of, that you have different guests coming in and you have great conversations and you, we could all learn from all of it. And I, and I do yeah. hear your language and how you talk to all your guests differently. So I get that <laughs> as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the real key is, and I think you'll do a good job of this, is like, as long as you enjoy people, mm-hmm. then that makes it easier. Like, if it's actually about enjoying people and enjoying conversation, mm-hmm. then, you know, it, it, yeah, it makes it easier, makes it more fun. It's not just, I'm not trying to spin a narrative. I'm not trying to get certain things out of certain people. I'm just, if I can just enjoy people, which I do pretty naturally, then, like, they can just speak conversation. And then insofar as they're just conversations with people, then it's easier to listen to something that I might not normally listen to or or hear something I might not normally hear or entertain an idea I wouldn't normally entertain Mm -hmm. uh, because I like the person I'm hearing it from. Mm -hmm. I I like going that route. I like to enjoy people, enjoy conversation for the sake of it. That's awesome. So let's enjoy, let's start enjoying this conversation, Justin. Okay, great. Uh, So tell me, about um you know about our subject about fear have how what do you think fear is um so fear uh, in my experience is the absence of either control um or faith so fear is less of a fear is less of a thing in and of itself it's a way i describe uh, uh my lack of control so in the negative i want to control the world around me i want things to work out the way i want them to work out i want people to do what i want people to do i want uh 
my numbers financially and otherwise to look certain ways. And when those things don't happen, when I don't have control, I experience the lack of control as fear, like, oh, that's, this is not how I want it to be. And I'm, and I'm, so I experience, so fear is in one way, a lack of control. When I can't control it, I experience that as fear. And then it's a lack of, then the other side of that is it's a lack of faith that in wisdom, <laughs> what I come to recognize and believe, like, I'm not, I'm not in control of really almost anything. Um, I try to, I would like to, I still work at it and I should most of the time. What I am is I'm um, beloved and cared for and held and held in place and protected. And when I stop believing that in the, in the absence of faith that I'm cared for and that, uh, and that Christ holds all things together, in the absence of that faith, I experience fear that when I no longer believe or I don't for a moment or for long moments, for days, weeks, months, when I don't believe that I am cared for, when I don't believe that the world is held together in some way, shape, or form by a loving God, then I experience that the absence of that faith as fear. So fear is the absence of control or the absence of faith. Mm-hmm. Growing up, were you was that part of your character, like being fearful or, or being wanting to control things a lot, or it's part of personality? Yeah, it's control more so. Like, um, I wasn't a very, I'm not a super, I'm not like a scaredy cat type person. So I don't, I don't get scared a ton. When I do, it's terrifying. Okay. So I go, I go from being pretty confident to being pretty lost. So I don't, I don't experience all that many small fears, I think. I think this is true. I don't know that this is true. I think this is true. I don't experience that many small fears. So I don't have like, like tiny little fears along the way. What I, what I experience is like for the most part, either like a good deal of confidence, sometimes justified, sometimes not. Um, I'm not easy to face, but I'm, but I'm better practice at faith now. And then when those things are, <laughs> when, when my confidence wanes or, uh, or my faith is shaken, it's usually in the context of something pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. And so I experience like deeper fears. Mm-hmm. I'm an Enneagram four. And so a lot of those feelings of either fear or elation are like really, really high, or really, really low. Mm-hmm. And so my lows, my fears are serious. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, I don't remember having a lot of fears. Uh, I wasn't like a daredevil, but I don't remember having a lot of fears. I do remember when I was afraid that it was, it was awful. Did he, did he grew up in, in a religion, religious household or you later on as a. No. So my mom grew up, my mom grew up Catholic and, um, it was latent in her life for the, for the first, for the majority of my upbringing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and a lot of it had to do with my dad. My dad was, um, not like staunchly, but pretty obviously anti-faith wasn't. Um, he was one of those cats for whom, like, uh, you know, folks are saying, you know, religion is for weak people, that mm-hmm. whole thing. That was in it. He w- I don't think he would have ever articulated it quite like that, but that was definitely his posture towards religion. Um, he didn't really have time for it. He was busy, and he didn't have need for it because he was he could handle it, like whatever was coming down the, the lane. So because of that, in part, my mom no longer practiced her actual like her up, up faith and 
so it wasn't a part of our, it wasn't really a part of my upbringing. I did, we called it CCD at the time. I went for, I think, three or four months or something like that, maybe less than that. I don't remember. I'd have to ask my mom. Um, but th that was pretty short-lived because my dad wasn't really into it. So CCD is confirmation. So when I was, uh, I, I think, nine, I think my mom sent me a confirmation. And then I had some behavioral problems because I'm ADHD and it didn't go over real well. It was like school <laughs> after school for crap sake. Like, oh my God. <laughs> um, and so I didn't do well behaviorally in class. And then uh, my dad eventually pulled me out because it was just too much and too problematic. And uh, But that was like the one little bit of religion in my upbringing was like the few weeks I went to confirmation or CCD for a minute and then eventually... I don't think I flunked out, but I I know I didn't finish. My parents, my parents pulled me out before I got bound. There you go. They were smart. <laughs> um, Justin, it has as a man and and as a as a musician, as an artist or creative, as a father and a husband. How have you seen also as a friend um, this this word or subject about fear affected? your life or around or around you one way. Yeah. A lot of the things I deal with, uh, so I coach, uh, I'll go this way. The, my, the fastest growing and most substantial part of my work life now is coaching. So I coach artists and pastors and, um, and there's a truckload of fear hmm. now. Um, I mean, we're what right now we're October 6th, 2020. So, you know, depending on where you live in the country and you know, we've been shut down because of uh because of the coronavirus since march and at this point and this is true of me too like I, i'm talking to folks every day like they have no real idea um what next year looks like what tomorrow looks like with you know with regards to their their finances their jobs and again, the lack of like a lack of control or a lack of faith. Like if you can't control it, which you can't control anything, almost anything now. Mm -hmm. And if like if your faith is predicated on certain kind of certainties. So for a lot of people, like pastors who like their their faith practice is predicated on certain cultural norms or cultural um, goods, like gathering on Sundays. If you're a pastor, mm -hmm. all of your money for the most part shows up because people have a place to gather on Sunday. Well, now you can't really gather folks on Sunday, so you're counting folks to do stuff online where they come back, but they're going to three or four services on Sunday because they're doing them, you know, et cetera. Like, if you're a pastor, this is a terrifying time to think of actually making a living long-term being a pastor, so it's scary. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm finding I'm finding a lot of fear now in, in clients and in friends because we can't control the thing. can't control the virus, per se. You can't control... The government's response to the virus you can't control the public's response to the government's response to the facts of the virus like everything's kind of out of control mm -hmm. and that comes with a lot of fear so i'm i'm seeing a i'm experiencing a lot and what what it means for me is i either have to do my best to, to give uh, clients and friends reasons for confidence okay. or help them move towards the like, more of a decision about faith to like trust that like regardless of your circumstances regardless of like your perception and experience, like God is good and you'll be cared for. Mm -hmm. So that's how I'm experiencing a lot now is in light of all the absence of control. I'm, I'm trying to give people either reasons to have, 
confidence that they don't have right now or to move them towards a faith that is that brings peace regardless of what they're able to see is it is is that how you is that what you tell yourself to like to to move forward to continue to doing that yeah like i i'm i'm you know again october 6th now there's i've got nothing on the calendar you know beginning at well i have a couple things on the calendar between now and the end of the year but there's nothing on my calendar for 2021 like Mm -hmm. i don't have have speaking dates and i have tour dates there's nothing on the calendar for 2020 Mm -hmm. um so i can look at that and experience that again as an absence there's like literally just blank squares for 12 months Mm -hmm. um and i can set i so i the choice then is like i can settle on that and be like oh my gosh which like that's i wouldn't be wrong to do so i mean rightfully so like that's scary yeah i have no idea i'm trying to pay for the place i'm you know this is my house Mm -hmm. i want to be able to pay for the house i want to be able to like take care of my kids and um so then the choice is okay so what in the in the in light of the absence of things like what do i what do i then have on hand mm-hmm. so for, you know what reasons do i have to be confident and so then i do this some self-examination and recognize that for 25 years i've been making my job up as i went along anyway like i've been doing this for 25 years mm-hmm. like i created i forged relationships which is how like it's not like people fell out of the guy and ended up on my lap or in my email inbox like I formed relationships mm-hmm. um I have you know I've been gifted with with a certain degree of certain levels and certain kinds of talents and I've said so okay so the question again is like what do I do then with what I have I know what I don't have mm-hmm. a lot of those things are gone so now what do I do with what I have and if I look back over my track record I've done decently well looking around at what I have and making something from it and the undergirding piece of that is like, even when I have not done well, part of what's bridged the gap is that God's been good. So some of these, a lot of why these relationships are as they are is because of the goodness of, yeah, because, because of the goodness of God woven in through and around all of it. That like, I, I know plenty of folks who are far more talented than I am and have greater access to resources and relationships who are scared to death right now and aren't sure how they're going to make a living and are thinking about quitting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's both things. Like you said, like this is, I'm still telling myself the same thing. For w- what reasons do I have to be confident? And uh, what reasons do I have for faith? And I've got plenty of both. Yeah. Trying, you know, listening, you know, preparing for this podcast, I, I did a little research and you have, you have like innovated yourself time after time after time again and you mm-hmm. you know they say you know it reads the like independent writer and stuff but you've been doing a lot already quote unquote on your own so yeah, pretty yeah. And, and the trick has the trick has been again like we were talking about earlier about like you know podcasts and and having conversations and, and the the like the trick to great podcasts is that you have to have to is that you get to enjoy the person like that's the thing like it becomes a great it's not just the skill of doing a podcast and it's not the microphones or the tech it's actually the enjoyment like if you if you enjoy it that's what actually energizes a podcast 
same thing with a career in the arts or in ministry is like you can have all the skill set in the world, but if you don't enjoy it, um, then you're kind of in trouble. I have enjoyed reinventing myself and being like, okay, youth pastor guy to like being senior pastor guy <laughs> to being a storyteller who plays song or you know songwriter who tells stories to being a storyteller who has some songs to being an author to being a coach to being a you know like I've enjoyed all that reinvention. Now I have to reinvent. Uh, like I have to do, I have to do, my life has to look different six or seven months from now than it ever has before. Yeah. Well, can I tap back into that same joy and enjoy that process again? Mm. Which is to say, can I move away from fear and not do it because I'm scared, but do it because I've done this before. I loved it. Uh, okay. So I'll, I'll do it again. I want to find that joy and work from that joy. Again, live in confidence and faith and reinvent. I can do that. See, that's something that I have to learn. I was just talking about this with my husband yesterday. I'm such a planner. Yeah. I'm a creative planner. So it's like I have my messiness, but I can also have order. So, so, <laughs> so, but like, um, with this whole thing arising and things that I did not even know existed in the church, and, you know, you can see I'm a Mexican woman. You know, I was yep. born and raised here in California, traveled, you know, everything. I was, preacher's kid, missionary kid. So I get it, but I always, always in my Latin Mexican culture. So then, uh-huh. so then we, eight years ago, we moved from that culture to something bigger. Actually, I was just listening to your one of your podcasts. You know, we went to Willow Creek and then we were like, oh, there's bigger than that. So now we're in another place that again, listening to your podcast again, I was just like, holy moly, like that. I'm again in the same place, just Life just got bigger. So, um, but it's so hard because I tell, I ask my husband's name is Gabriel and I go, Gabe, I said, so what's the plan for next year? He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, Denise, like it's church is going to look different for us. I go, well, I'm not used to this. Like I'm always used to be like all in or nothing, you know? And he's like, Denise, it's different now. And he's like, for us, it's going to be like this, like that. And I go, can I do that? <laughs> like, is that even possible? But hearing yeah. you speak, it's like, it's all fear because it's so different. And I have yeah. to renovate and make it fit how God wants it, but also for our family. It's just very different. Very different. Yeah. And, and because you are a planner, like you're equipped. Like that's part of what, I mean, we, it's funny that you do it too. It's like, there's planning and then there's creativity. The reality is like planning is creativity. You're, yeah. you're inventing a plan that holds things together. You're creating systems that put things in order. So order is creativity. Mm-hmm. So you you have capacity to look at the world around and be like, this is the stuff I know. This is where all this stuff is going to go. <laughs> and yeah. like, that that actually prepares you for a, for a year in which like you have, you know, there isn't uh there isn't a plan. That's gonna, yeah. There isn't an existing plan, so you have to create a plan. Mm-hmm. But that's also what you do, so yeah. you're 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 capable of that. Yeah, Justin, how do you replenish your hope in all this? Um, again, a lot of history. Like I look back, and like I've personal, I've been okay. I don't really have a reason historically to look at my life and think that I won't be. Like mm. I've been okay. I've been through. Plenty. Um, 
I've, you know, I've had not enough at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lost things. I've lost friendships and institutional positions. Like I've lost before and I got back up. Um, like I don't really have a reason. Sure, this is bad. Things aren't great. Um, but I've I've been in bad before, mm-hmm. and I and I was, and then on the other side of that, I wasn't just okay. I was better than okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, historically, the track record is. I mean, this is why, to some degree, this is not all of life, but this is why the you know the stories were told that eventually became the scriptures that eventually got assembled into what we call the Bible. It's like it, it wasn't just a matter of like hey, here's a book so that you know what God is like. It was a, it was also a matter of people saying, hey, you're gonna forget how this works and you're going to run up against stuff that's going to scare your pants off. Mm -hmm. So I want you to have a record of the way this has gone and the way we've reinvented ourselves, the way God's been faithful, the way, you know, you get to see horrible, horrible mistakes made by leaders. You get to see horrible, horrible mistakes made by whole tribes persons. You get to see murder and betrayal. And like, I mean, like the Bible, (laughs) the Bible is chock full of like really nasty stuff. And, but, and the at the same time, it is a story of redemption over the, you know, over the course of millennia. Mm-hmm. So um, I get to look back over my own personal history, my own cultural history, and see like some nasty, tough stuff, but then also see like there is a, there's like a strand uh, of light that actually like binds the whole thing together, that it has been a redemptive story. Mm-hmm. I can, and so I, I have every reason to believe it'll continue. Yeah. I can see that in your writing. Um, it, mm. I really enjoy the seeing something familiar, like even in your uh, Instagram post, is that how you do all of your writing or is that, I, I have to buy your book, by the way. I'm going to, that's yeah, the next yeah. thing. Sure. Yes, I am. I am. <laughs> the, the thing like, um, I, I do some of my writing. So mo- most of my writing is actually more long, is a little bit more long form than, than the stuff you see on, on, on Instagram. Uh, that's probably changed to some degree. So I just finished, I just turned in a manuscript for a book uh, called It Is What You Make of It mm-hmm. um, that'll be out next year. And that's longer form stories. That's like, you know, that's a more traditional book of like 40,000 words and the whole thing. Um, but I've really enjoyed trying to pare down you can tell like i'm verbose like i talk a lot and so like i'll say the same thing three or four times from different angles so people understand what i'm saying blah, uh-huh. blah, 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 blah. uh but i've enjoyed the practice of trying to pare things down to as few words as i possibly can and still connect and communicate mm-hmm. so it's more the the stuff you see on instagram is def- it's been enjoyable it's been a practice of mine to learn to communicate with less space because mm-hmm. and at the same time I wanted to be able to do it because people have less space. Because if you're if you're scrolling Instagram, you're probably not looking to spend three to five minutes reading something. Mm-hmm. You're flipping by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to be able to provide something catch, catches you for a second. You can spend twelve seconds and think, "Whoa, that's a great thought for the day." Mm-hmm. I want to be able to meet people in that moment. I don't like. Uh, you know, I, I don't buy entirely. I don't think it's entirely. I don't buy the whole like, oh my gosh, people's attention span and it's all broken and the internet's just trash and all the scrolling and screening and it's all bad. I don't really buy that. I think it's new and it's and 
I, yes, I think our attention spans are, are to some degree problematic. Mine's always been problematic. I'm legitimately ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to meet people in that moment. I think it's more about how do we, how do we use how do we use the tools we have on hand. And so, if people are spending six to twelve hours a day with their faces in a screen, instead of just saying like, "Oh my gosh, how gross that is," say, "Okay, it's maybe it's gross, maybe it's not." But if you got to spend the time there, then I will be there too. Mm-hmm. And I'll try to make something that works for that space. And longer form work, you know, from a storytelling and teaching standpoint, just isn't that right now. Mm-hmm. It's got to be really short. It's got to be really brief. It has to be bite-sized. Okay, cool. I will learn to do that and I will meet people where they are. So that's what you see when you see my writing up there. It's most of my writing... Most of my writing historically has been longer, but most of my communication has, yeah, but my communication has almost always been shaped around the needs of the people I'm trying to talk to. If you, well, we do have the audience. What do you want them to know now? Like when we talk about fear and how to replenish it, like at this moment, like what can, what can you share to say to bring that? Uh, Do something. Yeah. So don't like, I would never tell people to not be afraid. Fine. Be afraid, like experience that know that that's what that is. Know that you've got fear, know that you don't have control. Uh, yeah. Recognize in those moments are like, you don't, you don't have control and that's terrifying or as happens throughout the course of the scriptures and Jesus pointed out and people around him all the time, like we just, you don't have enough faith. He says it all the time. You have little faith. I mean, it's like all the time. Okay. So that's me today too. So I don't have control. I don't have enough faith, which is where fear creeps in. So my next thing would be then, okay, so what do you do with that? Because that's just going to be real. You're going to be afraid. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, you know, October 6th, 2020, right now in California, or I live in California, the sun rises at, you know, 720. It's going to get darker. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to get, we have less sunlight. So it's going to be, the days are going to get shorter. Um, the pandemic might spike again. There's going to be flu season. Mm-hmm. Christmas is coming. We're going to overspend. Like it's going to get weird and hard. Mm-hmm. So there won't be there won't be less reason for fear. There's going to be more reason for fear. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're going to be afraid. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with the energy? What are you going to do? For, what do you do with that? Oops. What are you going to do? My bad. My phone went off. <laughs> Um, my, like, yeah, what are you going to do with the fear that you have? Um, what do you do for you that either puts you in a position to have the kind of confidence you need? Like, how are you going to dig into your own life and figure that confidence? How are you going to drum up faith when you need to have faith? But more to the point, maybe, like, how do you do it for someone else? Because the people next to you are scared, too. Like, I get that you're scared and you have fear. And maybe the worst part of fear is that it's is that if I give in to fear as fear, um, I get isolated and I get protectionist and mm-hmm. it becomes about me and I get tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm scared mm-hmm. and I want to protect myself. Well, if you're scared, your neighbor's probably scared too. And you're, you know, as a mom, like your kids are more scared than you are mm-hmm. and they have less control. So what are you going to do for the people around you? If there's reason to fear, what are you going to do for the people around you? What do you is the thing I would push most, yeah, most vehemently. Mm-hmm. You're going to be scared, so what are you going to do about it? Yeah. 
And and in the midst of all that, as a and we 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 replenish it by doing something, right, Justin, or helping others, and that's really big yeah. big part of who you are too, right? Yeah, trying to help folks take next steps. That's why, again, the next book's called "It Is What You Make of It." It's like, great, all these things are true, good and bad. What do you make out of what you're given, good and bad? As and as like the community of like if we talk to the to the Christian folks, huh. what what can we do now to change sure. the dynamics within the church? Boy, um, one is like let go of your old forms. Like so, some of what we have to let go of. Like we were talking earlier about how you know church doesn't look what you know church isn't going to be the way it used to that's going to be really hard for some people. Like we got used to doing things a certain way for a long time. Um, but there was no like divinely appointed model for church service. Mm -hmm. So like that thing might break, like, okay. Be willing to let go of things you held sacred that actually aren't. Mm -hmm. So the 90 minute church service isn't sacred. The, for goodness sake, 45 minute sermon isn't sacred. In fact, it's probably not a very good cultural tool anymore anyway, because people got sick of it. And I don't know at this point who in the world, honestly, or how many people there are. Some people. I don't know how many people there are in the world who actually have so much to say that is helpful that justifies getting up in front of people and speaking for an hour every Sunday. Like, why, why, why is that still sacred? I don't know that it is. I don't even know that it's useful for there to be a teaching pastor in every church in America speaking for 45 minutes to an hour. And insofar as like, that's the thing that we've built most of that structure around over the last 40 years, like what happens when that thing dies? Well, it kind of dies. <laughs> like mm -hmm. your friends who don't go to church don't want to go and listen to that old white guy talk <laughs> for 45 minutes. They don't. And that's part of why they don't show up. It's not because they lack faith entirely. It's not because they're not interested in God at all. It's because the thing we have done got boring mm. and it's been boring. So we have to let go of it. That's probably a good thing on some level. I mean, it sucks because there are a lot of people going to lose jobs and there's going to be some fear and et cetera. But again, what do we build next? Mm -hmm. So the main thing right now for Christians and in the practice of community in regard Christians in community with regards to the practice of faith in a season of fear mm -hmm. is be willing to, if not <laughs> excited to let go of some things that we held sacred that never were. That's true. Yeah. I think, I think, I think many of the, our conversations with my friends and stuff, we're all thinking we, I can't believe it was like that. Now that we've been stepped mm. stepped away and we come back and we're like, really? Like we just a lot of things were uncovered yeah. and, and I can't believe it was like that. And I had to really um also like apologize to my friends, like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I was fooled right. myself too. Or nope. I didn't know that existed or or anything I else. It, or I was like, I didn't see it that way because I was this close to it. It's literally like uh, I don't know how, you, how old you are, but like it's like going back to, it's like going back to your high school reunion, and like you run into that like that girl or that guy that you were like super into, and you're like, they're not that attractive actually. <laughs> I don't know. 
Why was I so hung up on that? Like, yeah. Yeah. What was that? What was wrong with me? Like, I have way better taste than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it is that way. Like, we've been away from this thing. So it's it's really interesting. And also talking about fear, like you said, do something with it. And even yeah. when I mess messaged you, um, I was so nervous. And I thought it was getting so good. I like like inviting people, like, I got this, you know, like I got this. <laughs> I was so nervous, Justin. I was just thinking, <laughs> my heart, even today, I usually don't get nervous, but I am nervous. And I was just like, Denise, like what's what's the matter? And I go, Holy crap, I'm still scared of rejection. Even even though yeah. Even though, Justin, I kind of, like, when people tell me no, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll see you on the other side. I'll watch me in a year, watch me in five years. You want to be a <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But I use that energy, like, for a good thing because it's so young. Yeah. I'm still learning. This is so new. But yeah. it's so true. Like, inviting a male speaker come and also somebody like yourself come to my humble podcast, it takes uh, one just one invite and see what happens. So also, exactly you, right. yeah, using this time yeah. for to do something good. That's right. That's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So any final thoughts, uh, Justin, as we end this podcast for our listeners? Uh, no, I mean, not, not really. I mean, I, I love what you're doing with the podcast. I think it's great. And I, I hope that, uh, you know, I know the folks will continue to dig it and you'll, you'll, you're good at this and you'll continue to get better and it's going to be a great gift. Oh, thank you, Justin. I just really, I, I thank you for your, your um, words that you write. I've been listening to your music on online and I am, I am actually, I told my husband this morning, order me that book of the prayer that what's the name of the book? Hold on. I should know this. You know, there's one that's called prayer. And then, yes. and then the other one is called may it be so. Yeah. I really liked it. Like at the 40 days that you just pray, the de- it's like a devotional. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Know, yeah. Yeah. You can make it that. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Justin, for, for, for coming by and um, to all of our listeners, just go with it. When fear comes, feel it. And how Justin says, do something about it. So thank you so much. And remember that hope is for everyone. Thank you for listening to Replenish Hope. If you want to get daily doses of hope, please subscribe and share the hope with others. And remember, hope is for everyone.